Fast 10, man. I don't um I don't want to make this a, a long-winded introduction, people. I've really I, I'm not gonna lie, I've I've wasted like two takes, you know, trying to do some type of introduction. I feel it's better if I just jump into this. Uh, you know, I saw this last Friday and I took some time out because I wanted to make sure like I had all my notes together and uh, listen, it, this is a lot to unpack. It's a lot to unpack. It's the 10th movie, the 11th movie, if you count Hobbs and Shaw, but it's the 10th movie in this in this particular series. And there's a lot going on, man. There's a lot of new characters. There's a lot of, um, you know, plot twists and there's some plot holes. And there's two cameo appearances in particular that we're going to talk about. Now, y'all already know if y'all clicked on this and missed it by any chance. I don't know how. Let me say spoiler alert. There are big fucking spoilers in this movie, man. And if you are a Fast and Furious fan and have not seen Fast 10, I definitely recommend never ever would I ever tell y'all to turn me off. I would never tell y'all to turn me off and listen to something else. I love when y'all tune in and listen to me. But if you have not seen Fast 10 and you're listening to this spoiler filled review, then you should definitely rethink this decision, man, because there is a lot of ground to cover and there's so much going on in this movie um, you know, a, a couple of things that I want to say, uh, really, really quickly before I jump into this. And that is, you know, I, I want to say that it kind of threw me for a loop. I'm not going to lie. I, this is my favorite action franchise is of all time. It's no surprise to anybody that's been keeping up with the show the last three years and some change, but I, it was a lot of red flags, man. When Justin Lin you know, dropped out of the director's chair. It, it pissed me off so badly that I did a whole rant episode about it. You know, The Rock said he wasn't coming back for Fast 9. Then Justin, you know, he did Hobbs and Shaw before that, I think. And then Justin Lin drops out like a week into filming. And I was like, okay, what's going on? Is the series doomed? And everybody was like, see, they should have stopped at Fast and Furious 5. Or they should have stopped at Fast 7. And da, 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 And they're disrespecting Paul Walker's legacy. You know, you got all those people out there. First of all, Paul Walker already said there was going to be a part 8. Vin Diesel said that, he, you know, Paul Walker said, do you think we'll ever make it to 10? There's, listen, I don't think they're disrespecting that man's legacy at all. I think Paul Walker would have most definitely been on board in this franchise. Maybe he would have had his, you know, his screen time toned down. We don't know. Rest in peace. Shout out to Paul Walker. Brian O'Connor is still a very pivotal character in this series. Um, we actually see him at some point in this movie uh, in flashback sequences, but we'll get there. But I was concerned, man, when Justin Lin stopped, you know, uh, stopped, you know, stepped down as just producer and, you know, just writing credits. And, you know, then we got this director, uh, Louis Leterrier, kept calling that motherfucker Louis. I guess the, you know, the S is silent. But I, you know, I was just like, OK, so we got an another director like Justin Lin was the guy that brought the continuity for me. You know, he did Tokyo Drip, Fast and Furious 4, Fast 5, Fast 6, came back to do Fast 9 and then had planned to cap shit off and bring it home. He was going to hammer this thing home, man. And I'm like, OK, we got yet another director. We've been through tons of directors. Rob Cohen did the first one. The late, great John Singleton recipe, shout out to him, did the second one. Justin Lin did the, you know, uh, three, four, five, and six. And um, James Wan did part seven. F. Gary Gray did part eight. And, you know, uh, if you want to count it, I think David Leach did Hobbs and Shaw. We've had so many different directors in this franchise in general. And one of the things I was saying, I'm like, can we just get some fucking consistency as far as the direction goes so that all the movies feel in conjunction with each other? Um, but, you know. 
I looked up the guy, Louis Leterrier, and I'm just like, okay, we got the guy who did the Incredible Hulk, you know, not Hulk, not that Ang Lee shit, um, shout out to Ang Lee, though, I did like that Hulk, uh, I, I do like Ang Lee, I didn't like the Hulk movie, but I do like his direction, Ice Storm's one of the best movies of all time, if you have not seen it, check it out, it's one of, some of Ang Lee's best work, but we got the guy who did the Incredible Hulk reboot, and he did Unleashed, and the Transporter, and I think he did one of the Titans movies, Wrath of the Titans, or clash of the titans i don't know so i'm like okay he understands action but i i was my listen my guard was up man and i was like i don't know if this guy can handle this this franchise but we'll see we'll see man then i saw that trailer and i'm like okay i'm sorry i ever doubted this motherfucker man shout out to louis leteria for how this turned out but you know justin lynn like i said he stayed on board as a writer producer um the uh, one of the writers also was somebody named dan mazo I don't think I've ever heard of this guy, but, you know, kudos to him, too. Um, look, let's let's just let's cut the bullshit, people. Fast 10. I was I was very anxious for this. Very excited. It was one of my most anticipated movies of the year. And before I even get into this, let me just say it did not fucking disappoint at all, man. You got Vin Diesel coming back. Michelle Rodriguez, Jordana Brewster, uh, Tyrese ludicrous natalie emmanuel charlie Theron is back john cena's back jason momoa we'll get to jason momoa man but jason momoa um i'm not i don't know if he needs to play villains more often or if i just want him to play you know the character of dante reyes forever but jason momoa is one of the best highlights of this entire movie daniela melchior from uh, she was Ratcatcher in the suicide squad reboot she's in here she does a great job alan richson who He's Jack Reacher in the TV series, but I remember him being uh, Raphael. He did like the motion capture and the voice for Raphael in the Ninja Turtles reboot. And I'm glad that he got his dues here because I, you know, if you watch his his interviews on Collider, they say that they did him dirty as far as that Ninja Turtles movie goes, as far as like the the promotion and things like that. So I'm glad he got a chance to, you know, be in a in a franchise like this. Sun Kane comes back. Jason Statham. We'll get to some shit with those two in a second. Scott Eastwood is back here briefly. And it's just like, okay, like, I don't, I don't, I don't want to dislike Scott Eastwood, <laughs> but I like that, that boy ain't got it. I'm sorry, man. I'm sorry. Like nothing against the guy, but I just don't, I just don't see it. Like I would have rather had Kurt Russell and I'm not going to lie to y'all, man. Kurt Russell's always been kind of meh in these movies for me as well. Like he is, plot convenience at its finest even in a series that has plot convenience all over the place but it, whatever kurt uh, kurt russell uh, scott eastwood's back brie larson plays uh you know speaking of kurt russell plays kurt russell's daughter tess in this movie brie larson has won me over people i like her in this movie a lot um uh lewis da silva jr is back as diogo diogo was the guy from fast five who you know he had the papa smurf car that they raced for uh rita moreno plays mama toretto and leo abelo perry plays little brian and i think he does a really decent job in this movie so with that cast being said i feel like we got to kick this thing off talking about the plot now i know a lot of people say that these movies don't have plots per se but i think they do man uh you know for the most part it depends on whether the plot is plausible or not so the plot here, we've got, you know, Dante and his crew just pretty much just being broken down, split apart, and just, you know, they're, they're just heavily targeted in this movie by Dante Reyes. Now, if the name Reyes sounds familiar for the uninitiated or, or you know, for whatever the fuck initiated on y'all know what the fuck I'm trying to say here. 
Basically, the plot is Dante Reyes is coming after Dominic Toretto to get revenge for the death of his father, Hernan Reyes, from Fast Five. Now, is this plot plausible or not? I believe so. And I'm going to get to that. Uh, I, I believe it's plausible because as far as retcons and plot twists go to push this story along, this franchise along, this is one of the ones that I can buy into. You know, I can buy into this, you know, oh, that's what happened type of moment as opposed to, oh, that's what happened. You know, like when Han, they explained how Han died and how he didn't die in Fast 9. I was like, that's it. That's what happened. That's bullshit. I call bullshit on that. This isn't one of those moments because the way they tie this shit in to Fast Five, first of all, again, shout out to Louis Leterrier because he's he said Fast Five is his favorite in the series. So he wanted to tie this as close to Fast Five as he possibly could. And indeed he did, man, because in the opening sequence, we get a flashback of Fast Five. You know, we get Hernan Reyes and I don't know if they CG'd his face to make him look younger. I don't know if this guy just doesn't age at all, but it's the same actor who played Hernan Reyes. I can't remember the actor's name, but we get a Fast Five flashback sequence when Reyes is talking, you know, he's counting his money, all the money in the safe and he's talking to his son. He's talking about the bond between father and the son and I'm going to pass this legacy on to you and he's like, you know, I've got this Dominic Toretto who wants to keep coming after me and my money and, you know, Dante... He's not fucking around. Uh, you know, we see he's not we see he's serious about, you know, his father, the legacy and people trying to fuck with them and their money and their family. And, you know, Dante's like, well, I'll kill Dominic Toretto. I'll kill all of them. And then uh, Reyes, Hernan Reyes is like, oh, no, 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 son. He's like, you don't never accept death when suffering is old. And that tr that follows uh, Dante probably for the rest of the film. And, you know, they close up the vault and then we see, you know, the the two chargers crashing or we see Hobbs big ass, whatever the fuck type of mobile he's driving. It's, it's the Hobbs mobile. That shit crashes through the building. And then we see, you know, it was good to see Paul Walker um, in the flashback sequence of Fast Five. There was no added added sequences of him. No, no extra CG or anything that they, you know, this was all archived footage that was already shot in Fast Five. I listen, trust me, I know. Um, I had to double check at some point in my mind. I'm like, wait, was that? And I'm like, no, that was all Fast Five footage. But it's good to see Paul Walker, um, you know, back in some type of fashion, man. And again, shout out to Louis Leteria for including him. Uh, he's a big part of the plot. So we see uh, Brian O'Connor and Dom take the safe. And, you know, we see Dante's character. He, you know, there's a shot of him just staring at the the, the space where the vault used to be. And they, they're like zooming out on him. Now... I'm not sure exactly how the fuck Dante caught up to Dom and them when they were on that bridge, that freeway during the vault sequence, but he catches up and basically, you know, we see Dom detach from Brian and he gives him the line, your father now, Brian, take care of Mia. And then, you know, Brian's pissed off because Dom just takes the vault on his own and he's just swinging that shit around, fucking up the, the, the cops and the henchmen. And we see Dante just catches up. I don't know how much Nas he had up in that bitch, but he's got the gunman on the top of it with the turret gun. And then he kind of throws a look at Hernan Reyes and let, you know, he kind of looks at him like, yo, I got this shit, Pop. He doesn't say that, but the, the look of confidence on his face is just like, yeah, I'll get this guy, no problem. And what happens is when Dominic Toretto swings that, that vault into one of the cars with the turret on the top of it, um... Jason Momoa's character is in that car. So the car goes flying off the bridge and Jason Momoa goes flying out of it on some, you know, ejecto cedo cuz type of shit. And he falls into the water. And then when he's in the water, his eyes open, boom, 
you get the Fast 10, you know, title card, which is pretty badass. You know, it's like the Fast 10 title card that we that we've seen in all the trailers and TV spots. But the headlight that's the X is a little cracked from what I remember. And you get that. Now, that is actually a well put together scene, man. I can buy that. It's one of the like I said, it's one of the more plausible retcons in the series. It's like, okay, well, we never really saw the driver of that. I mean, unless you want to slow motion, you know, the actual Fast Five thing and look at it. But that's the flashback sequence that we get to tie things in and set this shit off. And I think they they did that really well, man. And then after that, you know, we get, you know, at Dodger Stadium, we see a um a, a charger dom's classic charger just burning fucking rubber around dodge stadium kind of in the same fashion as uh brian o'connor did in the very first fast and furious movie where he's racing that uh is it a supra he's racing or is it a skyline i can't remember the green car that he's driving around so he's driving around that car uh you know the charger and we automatically think it's dominic toretto in the car but when the car stops Mind you, this shit, when I say burning rubber, this motherfucker is burning rubber. So it's got to be Dom, right? But when the car stops, Dom gets out of the passenger seat and walks around to the driver's seat. And we see that it's little fucking Brian that's driving the car around like a bat out of hell the way he's doing. And I'm like, you know what? Not only is he definitely a Toretto, but he's little Brian for a reason. You either drive like your uncle Brian or you drive like your daddy. It's a combination of both, but he's a Toretto and he's a crew member nonetheless. Now, mark my words, he's going to be, he's going to be the legacy. He's going to be in the spinoffs, the older teenage Brian, uh, little Brian. Yeah, he's going to be something, man. And there's a moment where, you know, he's, he's schooling his son and telling him, find the line and, you know, have faith. And, you know, he's giving him all the pointers that a father should probably not give his kid as far as driving, because it's like, why would you promote that type of driving for your child? That motherfucker's like six years old behind the wheel. But I like, I don't know how old Brian is in this movie, but apparently he's old enough to drive and he's big enough to reach the fucking pedals and the steering wheel at the same time. But it's a good moment, man. It's a good, it's a reminder, like, you know, for Fast and Furious fans out there, it's like, yo, Dom is a father now, man. Like, who would have ever thought that Dom would have, you know, been like, oh, Letty dead. Let me get up in this Brazilian yam real quick and, you know, just pop a baby out of her that makes no sense at all. But listen, the way that they tied in Little Brian to Fate of the Furious and Fast 6, it makes no sense continuity-wise. It doesn't. That's a, that's That's another plot twist retcon that I don't buy. But we do get that moment at Dodger Stadium and he's like, dad, you're not afraid of anything and this, that and other. I, I love that sequence, man. And then what I love even more is that we go to, you know, 1327, we go to the Toretto house and it's really different. It's weird to see the movie open up with the with a barbecue sequence. Usually we see that at the end, excuse me, or, you know, at some point we saw it at the middle of Fast and Furious 1 and we saw it at the middle of Fast and Furious 4. But we open up uh, very early on with a barbecue at the Toretto sequence and everybody's there. Roman's there. Tej is there. Han is there. Uh, uh, Tej is trying to set Han up with a fucking dating app and it's funny as shit because Han starts automatically getting hits on there right away. Ramsey's there. Letty's there. Mama Toretto's there. Everybody's in the building, man. Um, It's such a good moment, man, because that house is so iconic. The house is a character in itself in the series at this point so you get the banter between the characters talking shit back and forth um i love the part it's kind of awkward at least for letty but i love when dom and little brian come back and you know letty's like uh are you drifting yet and he's like no not yet but it was so cool mom you should have seen it and letty kind of has this look on her face like she really can't believe that he's calling her mom um you know especially because she mentioned in fast nine she's like this is the you know when her and little b are in the garage at the end of the movie 
she's like, you know, this is where I first met your mom. She's in heaven watching down on us. But the fact that little Brian's calling her mom now, I think that's um one of the things that people sleep on with this franchise are the, is the emotional factor of everything. There's so much emotion. You know, people can say what they want about the acting. But the emotional factor's always been there. It's in every single Fast and Furious movie. Maybe not as heavy as the later ones when they hammer the family shit home even more. But it's always been there, man. Family has always been the theme. And I, I love that little weird moment, you know, when Letty... I mean, it's not weird, but Letty's kind of looking like, oh my God, like, I'm, am I mom now? Am I stepmom? But... You know, Roman's having his moment where he's like, you know, I'm 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 gonna be a leader and all this other shit because Roman apparently they have a job to do in Rome where they have to steal some type of equipment. Listen, the fact that these motherfuckers keep retiring and then keep doing jobs where they have to steal shit, you you niggas is putting your own lives at risk at this point. Now I was kind of confused because of Te- like Taj and him said it so loosely. He's like, yeah, they need us to steal it. And it's like, like, stop with all of this. This looks like a job for like, stop it, man. If we retire, we retire. Like, let's sit on this money. Let's start some families and some businesses and shit. Let's let's race every once in a while because that's in our veins. But like, let's stop this heist shit, man. This is going to get us in trouble, which it does. We'll get to the the mission in Rome. But, you know, Romans like, yes, yeah, a mission in Rome led by Roman. You know, Rome finally gets to lead a mission, man. And he starts talking shit because he's like, you know, he screams at some point. He's like, the disrespect is going to stop now. And he's like, yeah, man, I'm just working on my leadership voice. So you got that funny moment with Roman and everything. And, um, you know, Mama Toretto shows up. Rita Moreno, she's a great actress, but they don't really give her a lot to do in this movie. She's really in like, like I think one sequence and it's this barbecue sequence, but she it's cool. You know, she it's cool to finally see the mom. We saw the dad and um, the guy, I think he was in Sons of Anarchy or something. The, the guy that played um, Jack Toretto in, you know, the fast nine flashback sequence. But Rita Moreno, excuse me, it's a it's a nice touch as far as getting Mama Toretto in there. But, um, you know, I, one of the other things I love at the barbecue sequence, uh, other than the there is a moment with Rita Moreno and Vin Diesel where she talks she talks about the father and, you know, Dom's in the he's he's looking in the garage at the pictures and then he looks at a picture of his dad and kind of lingers on that. And I love the shot. And when Dom slams the hood, Mama Toretto's directly behind him. I think that was a nice little setup shot. So they share a hug and share like a little sweet, warm moment. But the moment I loved is what came before that, where Dom and Han have a moment man and i haven't seen a moment with these two really since um you know fast four where han and dom are kind of like divvying up the money and dom knows something's wrong with han and he's like you know han tells him like yeah they just they just um they just raided one of our one of our spots and he was like you know you get you got to get out of here dom and all this other shit and that's when han says he they got some crazy shit going on in tokyo i haven't really seen a moment between these two until now um or another moment like that until now. And, you know, Dom is like, listen, who would have ever thought we see Roman leading a mission in Rome? But, you know, I couldn't let them go without you because he trusts Han. Han is another one of his brothers, man. They go all the way back to Los Bandoleros. And they do say that they toast their Coronas and they say Los Bandoleros for life. And, you know, Han's talking about little Brian and he's like, yo, be careful. He's going to be a better wrench than us. You know, by the time he's by the time he's 12 or something. So they share like this brother moment, man. And I, I love that because there was a point in time where Dom thought Han was dead and he was ready to avenge the shit out of his death at a funeral he probably paid for and wasted money on because Han was never dead in the first fucking place. But, um, you know, the barbecue sequence is cool. We get a moment with, with Dom and Letty. Um, that kind of brings me back to the first movie. 
you know, as far as like the intimacy between uh, Dom and Letty, they don't have sex in the movie or anything like that. But it's, I mean, like intimate as far as like how they're so in tune with each other and how they're so passionate about one another. I haven't really seen that with them, you know, since the first one, um, maybe part four in the beginning of part four and maybe fast eight when they're in Cuba on their honeymoon. But there's a moment where, you know, Dom, you know, they're kissing and, you know, they make sure little Brian's sleep and then they're in bed and he you know, he's like, how do you get more beautiful? And then he listens to her stomach. He's like, is it there yet? And she's like, you know, it'll be there, you know, when the time is right. So he's telling her, you know, um, you know, little B said to me, dad, you're not afraid of anything. And, you know, he's having, they're having their moment, man. But the crazy shit that happens in the midst of Dom and Letty's warm hearted sexual moment, it's not sexual, I'm joking, but Cypher fucking pulls up. To 1327, Cypher fucking pulls up to the door. And I was wondering who that was driving in the... She looks like she pulled up in the fucking car that Michael Jackson turned into in the Moonwalker movie, man. This shit looks like it's chromed out. It's a fly-ass vehicle that she pulls up in, man. But she, you know, she smears blood on the um on the mail slot. And then she knocks on the door. You don't really know who it is, but then she knocks on the door and then Dom opens it and sees that it's Cypher. And Cypher's like, yo, trust me, like, I'm, I'm surprised to see me too. And Dom's like, you got any last words before I kill you type of thing. And, you know, he's Cypher's like leaning up against the wall. She's been injured. She's like almost on the brink of death when she shows up at the door. And Dom, while she's leaning against the, you know, the um, the door, Dom kind of like slams both his hands in front of her. He doesn't hit her, but he slams both his hands in front of her. And he's just like, listen, you killed Elena. You know, do you got any last words? Did you hear her last words? And Cypher's letting him know, like, yo, did you do you think I'd be here? If it wasn't fucking important. So let I love this shit because Letty goes upstairs and she's like, little Brian, we have unexpected guests. You know what to do. And Brian's got this look on his face like, look, mom, I'm tired, but I look, I know what to do. We done done this six times this week with uninvited guests. And the next thing you know, Cypher's on the couch bleeding out and Letty's fucking putting a silencer on the gun. And she's like, well, why are you here? They're ready to kill this broad. You know, she done killed Elena. She done fucking tried to take them out with a submarine. She tried to take them out with a drone. All types of shit, man. And and Cypher has caused them so much angst, man, that they are ready to go. They like, listen, Dom's like, yo, before you bleed out, you want to tell me why you're here? And she says, I met the devil tonight. You know, there's a war coming. The devil's coming for you. The enemy of my enemy is you, Dom. So we get like a little flashback. This is what happened sequence to when she met the devil. And indeed she did, man, because she meets Dante Reyes. Jason Momoa is introduced into, you know, into present time. And he shows up at Cypher's headquarters. Mind you, all her goons are in the building. So he shows up to Cypher's headquarters and he's like, listen, they say that when I'm trying to think of the line he says, he's like, when they say that when, you know, when you're when you are faced with death, then your whole life flashes before your eyes. Am I right? And when he comes in, he's dragging two of her fucking henchmen in both arms and just drops them off at the fucking door like it's dirty laundry or something like that. I Listen, Jason Momoa is a beast in this movie, man. And he is he is the best villain of the franchise. So long story short, as if that could ever happen on a Tudor Reviews review. Um, you know, he's telling her, like, listen, I want the same thing you want. I want Dominic Toretto, but I need your tech. I need your guys. You know, I, I need your help. And he's like, if you don't help me, you'll have to you'll have to watch who you love die. And she's like, you're looking at who I love the most. And she's like, you you thought you can get one up on me. And he's like, I'm not talking about you. And he starts dropping names of the guards. He's like, I'm talking about him. 
I'm talking about Amir. I'm talking about Kevin's dad. And all the guys, you know, all the henchmen are like, wait, how the fuck do you know my name? How do you know my kid's name? And all their phones go off. And when they're when the henchmen's phones go off, they look at the screens and Dante has all their fucking kids and families captured. So he's like, listen, y'all want to do this the hard way or the easy way type of thing. And, you know, they all turn their backs on Cypher. They're all they all got their guns pointed at Cypher's because they don't want their families to die. So, and, and mind you, Jason Momoa does give a little glimpse of how he can whoop ass because he slices that one dude up and Elmer, he licks the blood off the blade. That's not sanitary at all, sir. That's that's a good way to get diseases out here. I'm Listen, it's nasty. It just, but, you know, he's got all their family, you know, at his disposal. So they end up turning on Cypher. So he takes Cypher's, uh, you know, her tech to, you know, hot-wired cars and have them self-drive and all this other shit. So he steals that from Cypher. He walks out and takes two of the best goons that she has as far as the tech goes, and he walks out. And, you know, Cypher, all the goons are ready to kill her. Cypher, listen, Charlize Theron reminds us why she was Atomic Blonde in the first place because I did a lot of complaining about how Cypher, she's a cool villain, but she never lifted a finger if it didn't have anything to do with a keyboard or electronic device cypher is in this room whooping these guards asses and yeah there's going to be people out there that are like oh well women can't fight and women can't do things man because i'm a woman hater now she whoops these motherfuckers asses i don't know if they're just that weak if their training sessions didn't go you know as planned but she's fucking these dudes up she puts up a nice little fight man and she escapes in the elevator and crashes that's how she got her injuries so we go back to you know the the fact that she was telling dom this story and dom and letty are kind of like oh shit man like this is this is a big deal that somebody's after us to the point where they could fuck cypher up and get the you know get the drop on her so the next day little nobody shows up you know scott eastwood's character shows up at 1327 and you know he's like yeah we're taking cypher to the black site she's going to get medical attention but she might not make it so i like i'm like okay cypher's not going to die plus we've seen the trailer she fights letty but he lets us know just how serious her injuries are and she she was taken to the black site prison that's off the grid so one of the things he says, he's like, you know, Dom says, you know, Brian and Mia and the kids are safe, but the rest of the team, uh, you know, little nobody's like, well, where's the rest of the team? And Dom's like, they're in Rome, you know, looking for you, you know, because of the mission you set up and they realized that it is a setup. Little nobody had nothing to do to it. So we find out Dante was a part of Lauren, you know, separating the team and luring them um, into Rome. So we get to the Rome mission with the, oh my God, man, this shit is crazy. I don't really have, listen, I'm not going to waste time talking about everything, but the Rome mission is crazy because you got Tej and Ramsey who are doing the tech shit and, you know, they jump into the car with the fucking bomb in the back of it. You know, they get locked inside by Dante. Roman and Han are doing their driving, talking shit. They got little Tej, you know, the little go-kart Tej thing, the, the racing car Tej, you know, with the Tej bobblehead on it. Um, it's got laughing gas. So they knock the guys out with laughing gas or whatever the hell it is. And, you know, like I said, the bomb is in the back of the truck. Dom and Letty show up in Rome all of a sudden and little nobody's out there. But the bomb sequence, you know, I thought it was a sea mine or some shit that was rolling all around the streets of Rome. It's it's destruction, man. And it is very reminiscent to the vault chase in, um, you know, in Brazil at the end of Fast Five, because this this bomb is basically a wrecking ball. It's like the wrecking ball from the Fate of the Furious um, times 10. Because this shit is everywhere. It's blowing up gas tanks. It's breaking through buses, breaking buses in half. Dom is pretty much like, you know, playing bumper cars with this shit. Letty's out running it. It's a fucking 
mess, man. It is all types of destruction. And speaking of Letty, there is a great sequence where Letty is chasing Dante on a motorcycle. First of all, I love Letty on a motorcycle at any point in this movie. I think the first time we saw that was in Fast Nine. Um, you know, when they're in that like that jungle chase in Portugal or wherever the hell they're at. And I um I, I love that sequence, man. Um, it's, it's really weird seeing Letty on a on a, a motorcycle, but it fits. Oh no no no. I'm wrong. The first time we saw Letty on a motorcycle or a motorbike was um, in Fate of the Furious when Dom was doing the Cuban Mile and she was, you know, she was a part of that. But, you know, she's chasing Dante. Dante's talking shit through his earpiece the entire time. He's yelling. He's singing. He's doing all types of like the, everybody that's comparing him to the Joker. You know, I made the comparison before I even saw the movie. And everybody that's comparing him to the Joker is is 100, 200 percent right about this shit man because he is unhinged he's psychotic as fuck so letty's chasing him on a motorcycle that's when you get that great stunt sequence where dante kicks like this metal uh this metal railing that's a that's overhead he kicks it down and letty like kind of like she does i don't know if people call this an endo but i used to call it an endo because i you know i used to ride bikes where if you hit the brakes a certain way the back tire flips up so she does that and she flips over and just keeps going but letty ultimately gets caught during that motorcycle sequence man she gets caught by the cops and they end up taking her ass to the black site prison as well but um you know tej and ramsey they end up getting out because uh there's a cable that's set up in the streets and it flips up you know it flips the whole fucking uh you know the whole truck over that they're in but as the truck is sliding towards the edge of like this this bridge thing han and roman slide up on the side of it they crash into the side of it and they slow it down but that's when the bomb drops out so i was a little late to the party um explaining how the bomb got out of it little nobody almost dies during the sequence because dante pulls he, you know he rides up to his you know the truck little nobody's in it he throws one of those little magnetic bombs underneath and i love those little bombs man they pop up more than once in the movie and he, he throws it underneath and he's like uh you know he's like peekaboo or whatever he says and he just drives off laughing but little nobody jumps out just in the nick of time if his ass would have died in the movie it's like eh, whatever i don't really you know nothing against little nobody man i just don't i just don't like his fucking character man i just don't like nothing against the actor i just don't buy scott eastwood in this series man but you know like I said, Destruction Derby, Dom's driving backwards down the stairs to get to the bomb and save the people, and he's knocking it out the way of, of, of the, the people for their safety. Dom does some really badass shit, man, because Dante's counting down um, to when the bomb blows up, and he's like, listen, you got 10 seconds to save Rome, and, you know, talking about the, the place in general and roman you know they get away under underneath the you know they're underneath in the tunnels of rome so they get away han ramsey tej and roman they get away so dom you know roman's telling him on the you know on earpiece he's like listen man it's nothing you can do you did everything you could like you got to get out of there before this shit blows up and dom's like i haven't done everything dom you know he's 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 surrounded by cops and the ball is about to explode and it's a nuclear bomb so Dom drives through the, 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 the guardrail thing, like the stone guardrail, into a fucking crane, smacks into the crane, and as it's spinning around, the crane slaps the ball, the wrecking ball bomb, into the water. And Dom, fly, his car flies into the wall, and he starts it up again, and he just starts driving. But the bomb blows up in the water, so that's when we get the sequence in the, in the trailers where the shock waves, you know, it explodes under the water, and you see the shock waves flipping the cars out of the way. And Dom is just, you know, his back tires are in the air as well. But he ends up saving, you know, saving Rome. But when they show, like, the, the zoom out of the destruction that uh, Dante and his wrecking ball have caused... 
it's a lot of property damage. And you got to stop and think, who the fuck, like, who <laughs> who pays for all of this shit, man? And what is the cost? You know, it's going to cost like eight gajillion dollars to fix all this shit up, man. And I'm surprised he didn't blow up everything. But um, it was a really great sequence in, you know, in in Rome, man. And it just goes to show how, you know, how insane Dante is. And there there's more to come as far as how crazy he is. Now, we do get the introduction afterwards of, you know, you get the news reports of, you know, Dominic Toretto blew up some shit again. And, you know, there's lots of destruction and millions and millions of dollars of property damage. And this is what we can expect from the sequel. Like, they're just talking shit on the news as they do. So now everybody's pretty much wanted again, all over again, man. And um, we get the introduction of Agent Ames and um, Tess, you know, played by Alan Richson and uh brie larson now agent ames for me personally he's basically the new version of hobbs and i say that because and you know she's kind of like tess is kind of like a a new version in a lot of ways she might be like a new version of elena you know they both were introduced in fast five and both these characters are introduced in fast 10 and i say that because agent ames is kind of like the lawman who who's not as lenient you know, he's not as lenient as Mr. Nobody or or Hobbs. He's not as lenient as Hobbs became because he's like, listen, if it defied the laws of gravity, if it defied the laws of God, these motherfuckers have done it. They are they, they when they get behind the wheel, you know, people get hurt. It's like if the fucking Avengers, you know, it's like when uh, Zemo was like, you know, the Avengers blew everything up and then the Avengers went home. It's That's exactly how Ames is. He's like, these motherfuckers are dangerous. They need to be stopped. I don't give a shit about the barbecues they have. And it causes him and Tess to have like a conflict of interest because they both want Dominic Toretto. But, you know, Agent Tess is like pretty much, you know, she's like, we should be lucky that, you know, they, they helped my dad. They helped Agent Hobbs. We should be lucky. They've been assisting, you know, the government and the police for the longest time. And they've been taking down, you know, criminals that are, you know, more notorious than they are. So we should be on their side. Like we should be trying to figure out what happened in Rome for, you know, Dominic Toretto and his crew to be back in the mix. And Ames is like, look, I don't give a fuck what you're talking about. I'm taking these motherfuckers down. So he kind of does like this online voting system where everybody's like, you, you know, he's basically doing this this remote controlled all in favor taking down Toretto all in favor of not and the majority rules and everybody's like yeah we'll take them down and one of the one one of the things I want to mention excuse me as far as um you know Agent Ames go like how how you know he's talking about you know they went out they started off stealing DVD players in, in LA and they went to Miami and they went to Tokyo and then they went to Brazil and then they jumped buildings in Dubai how the fuck did Agent Ames get actual footage of Furious 7 and, you know, all the other movies? It's not like it was, you know, unless he had drones that were all over the world at this point in time. How did he get actual footage? It's the same way I feel about, you know, when Dom's looking at the pictures in the garage. Who the fuck took all these pictures, man? These are pictures that we see in the movie. Like, was there a fucking cameraman just that that had like a green suit on that you just delete out of the film? Uh, like, like who was creeping around taking these pictures and, and recording these videos? It might be a small nitpick, but continuity wise and like just the, the you know, like the spoiled brat. I mean, I'm just like, how the fuck did he get all this footage, man? But, um, you know, Agent Ames is just like, look, 
I'm taking them down whether you like it or not. I don't give a fuck who your dad is. I don't care if you want to be little nobody's daughter and all this other stuff. I'm going after these guys. I'm going after Toretto specifically, and I'm taking them down. You know, he is very much like an Agent Hobbs was in Fast Five. So, you know, Tess walks off, and she's like, fine. Like, I'll, I'll go my own way then. She doesn't really give a shit. So, we, you know, after that, we get a good moment with Dom and Queenie and, uh, you know, uh, Helen Mirren's character. And Helen Mirren, I, I think she was such a great addition to the series, man. I just... If there's one thing I want, I, I want Helen Mirren to get another driving sequence before this this particular series wraps up because we're going to get spinoffs. And I don't know if she, you know, if she signed on for anything uh, after these last Fast and Furious movies. But I want to see more of Helen Mirren, man. She's su- she brings such like a, a, a elegant side to the to the franchise, man. And she just does it with just such class. And um, she's great. So, you know, you have a moment where, you know, Dom is almost like a surrogate son of, uh, you know, of Queenie at this point, because they went from, you know, the fate of the furious where she's like, you you got my son locked up, Mr. Toretto, and I give you until I finish me cup of tea before you tell me what you want and all this other shit. And now, you know, in Fast 9, they were driving around London and having conversations and now they're meeting up in Rome and all this other stuff. And they're having these moments where she's just basically she's really telling Dom to be safe. Like, you know, don't get in over your head. And this shit is real out here. Um so they, you know, they get that moment after that, you know, sometime after that, if I'm, if I'm glazing over some sequences, man, I'm sorry. I'm just trying to make sure this isn't a 17 hour review for y'all. But after that, you know, 13, 1327 gets rated. 1327 gets rated, man. Mia and Brian are playing the racing game and she's like, are you cheating? And he's like, it's almost kind of cringy, but I love it because it's in great Toretto fashion and he is his father's son. You know, she's like, are you cheating? You beat me again. And he's like, it doesn't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning's winning. And Mia's like, haha, where have I heard that before? And us as the audience is like, we know where we heard it before. God damn it. But as soon as they you think they're going to have a great, you know, uh, auntie nephew moment. But tear gas flies right through the window these the agency you know Ames's agency they raid the fucking house you know mia tries to fight back little b has to run because they're very outnumbered little b runs and hides in the bathroom somebody breaks down the door it is fucking jacob toretto man and i love listen let me say this about john cena man um john cena won me over i did not think i was gonna like him at all in fast nine but i liked him a lot i love his fucking character in this movie. I liked him a lot in Fast 9. I love Jacob Toretto in this movie, man. John Cena's character, he's got so much comedic timing in this movie, man. And it works. Like, he is, you know, him, he he is the uncle. (laughs) He's... He's the uncle that went rogue, but he kind of found his way back to the family because when he busts down the door... You know, uh, Brian's like Uncle Jacob. He's like, "Sup?" Like he's just—he's just so fucking calm. And he's like, "You know, your dad sent me to come get you." And then somebody shoots at the door, and then Jacob does his thing, man. Jacob is fucking these agents up, man. These commando dudes. He's, you know, he's shooting them. He's punching them through doors. You see in the trailer, and it happens in the movie. He grabs a dude and body slams him through the fucking floor. At some point, he jumps through the hole that he that 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 man built for him just to get downstairs to Mia him and Mia get the whoop ass together for a split second he's like yo are you okay she's like yeah I'm good then a dude like kind of gun butts Jacob and then you know him and Mia fuck him up and throw him out the window together and she's like are you okay so they get the uncle auntie nephew moment where they all run outside after they whoop the shit out of those uh the agency members 
and you know Mia's like uh she's like oh I gotta get to Brian and the kids and Dom, he's like you know Dom sent me here you know the team's been compromised the team's been split up you know that place that Dom told us to go we need you to go there and stay safe and you know he looks at little Brian he's like I'm gonna get you to your dad if that's okay with you little B is like yeah for sure you know he wants to rock out with his uncle and Mia I love the moment where she's like protect him with your life and then she's like I love you Jacob and he's like I love you too sis it kind of foreshadows something um, I don't know how many people called it or not. I, I may or may not have thought to myself that, OK, him telling Mia that he loves her and giving her a hug, it might be the last time they get a chance to do this type of shit. Um, but, you know, Brian and Jacob, you know, they go over to Jacob goes over to or Jacob is ready to go. Brian goes over to this big ass um, monster truck, fire ass monster truck. Uh, I, listen, I would never drive no shit like that, but it's fucking huge. And then he's like, no, we're not taking this. We're taking this one. So it's a car with like a big ass. It looks like it's a big ass canoe on the top of it. It's like a little Pinto type of looking car. And little Brian is just so unimpressed. He's like, huh? And then Jacob just kind of like grunts. And he's like, man, come on, man. I, like, I love I love that shit, man. And, um, you know, he takes a little beat and he, he takes them to protect them. And it was a great moment uh, when when the house gets raided because they protected their home and they protected each other together. Now, we do get a moment afterwards with uh, with Tess and Dom where, um, you know, we get to see that Tess. She's not just, uh, you know, she's not just a pretty girl who is Mr. Nobody's daughter. She whoops these motherfuckers asses at the bar. Uh, she grabs a shotgun and beats the shit out of people. And she could rumble. She could throw down and then she points the shotgun at anybody else and, or at everybody else. And she's like, anybody else want some? And she grabs two beers and they look like Belgian ales. And um, if it is a Belgian ale, then that goes back to Furious 7 where Mr. Nobody, you know, told Dom. He's like, you really got to try that Belgian ale, man. So, you know, her and Dom are talking and, you know, she's basically telling him, you know, Ames is after you. He's coming after you with everything he's got. And I'll, I'll be your genie. You get three wishes. And he, he gave her two wishes and, um, or she gave her, I don't know how many wishes it was, but one of the wishes he says, Letty. And she's like, Letty's at a black site prison. Like nobody can get to her. And he's, well, he was like, well, get her out. She's like, well, nobody can. And he said, nobody would. She's like, Dom, what you're asking me to do is, um, is impossible. So Dom takes his necklace off and he gives her, he gives her the necklace and you know, he, he slides it over to her. He's like, you know, anything's possible. You just, you just gotta have faith. So, you know, Tess ends up going to the black site prison to see Letty and Letty doesn't know what's going on. She thinks it's an agent in a suit that comes over to her. So she gets, she shows her the necklace and she's like, she's like, look, Dom sent me. If I get you out of here, you got to play ball. Like you got to work with me here. And Letty's just like, listen, like I can't get nothing done in here type of thing. And you know, um, they're, they, they have a little exchange and then Tess is like, listen, all right, just, just follow my lead here. So Tess pulls out, I don't know if it's a pen or a small knife. She pulls it out and she stabs Letty in the shoulder and Letty's all fucked up and she's like, play along with me. So she wraps Letty's arm around her neck so so Tess can, you know, act like she's in danger. And she's like, please help. So the guards come in, they take Letty, they take Tess out and Tess kind of gives her a look like, okay, this worked. Now you gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do after this. Like it's out of my hands. So they take Letty and she's like, really? Because like, yo, and I feel her like, cause you stabbed me in the fucking shoulder and just walked off. Like what type of plan is this? But it was a nice nod to fast six when Brian gets locked. He, he purposely gets locked up by Stasiak and Stasiak is telling him, look, I only had enough power to get you in gen pop. Like, I don't know how to get you into, you know, wherever they've got, um, 
oh my god what's that dude's name braga he's like i don't know how to get you in there you're gonna have to do something to get their attention so you can get the braga and brian's like sorry about this and he you know he he knees stasiak in his stomach and then he slams his head against the wall and stasiak's like again because he did the same shit in fast four so it was kind of like a nice nod to that uh you know that fast six moment and you know we get the race in brazil we get the race in uh in brazil man i thought it was um I forgot. I had the places mixed up when I was writing my notes down. But we get the race in Brazil. Dom comes back to Brazil, man, which is very much home for him. He's he's embraced with open arms. Everybody's happy to see him. One of the things I don't like, um, Diogo comes back. You know, Diogo from Fast Five, the guy who lost his Papa Smurf car, um, he comes back. And I knew they were bringing Diogo back just to kill his ass off. I knew that by doing a trailer breakdown for Fast 10. I don't like how Diogo is just dicky and when Dom pops up, he's like, oh my God, everybody, it's Dominic. Look, do you see this, everybody? Oh my God, Dom, this is all because of you. And it kind of reminds me of, (laughs) it reminds me of The Walking Dead. Um, Spoiler alert, when Negan kills Spencer, puts his takes his guts out because spencer wanted to kill rick and then rick pops up he's like we had an agreement and nigga's like rick look everybody it's rick and he's being sarcastic about it it reminds me of that because diogo is just i don't ever want to be that excited to see somebody like i don't ever want to be like look everybody look who it is like no man it's it's just overkill for me man but you know it's a good little moment where they meet each other again and it goes to show that dom he keeps good relationships with people because he never you never know when you need a favor from somebody. And, you know, Dom's like, yeah, I'm just looking for somebody. And Diogo's like, I got you. So that somebody he's looking for. Uh, now, I don't know if he was looking for Dante or Isabel, but Daniela Melchior's character, Isabel, pops up. And, you know, she's talking, you know, she's talking her shit like, yeah, we racing or what? And Dom is just like, listen, you know, before you get ahead of yourself, like, let's, you know, I'm, I'm not here for that. We're here for the same reason. She's like, I don't need no validation from nobody. You know, Isabel, she gives me Letty vibes. She gives me Letty Fast and Furious 1 vibes as far as like, yo, we racing. I'm tired of talking. She's very arrogant. She's very like she's on the fine line of arrogance and confidence. Um, but you know, we're introduced to her character and lo and behold, we see purple lights and a purple car pull up or lavender, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, it is lavender. Uh, Dante shows up. Dante shows up. He gets out the car. Dante gets a lot of love. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's his it's his area. Brazil is his home. That's his spot, man. He runs shit out there. So he gets out of the car in the most flamboyant outfit in flamboyant fashion. Um, you know, his even his fingernails are lavender. His outfit's lavender. He's got his hair up in a bun. And he comes out the car and he dumps all the money. And he's like, all this money for whoever could beat me in a race. So diogo gets the money for him he pats diogo on the head like he's a fucking pet or something but you know he grabs isabel and he's kind of flirting with her and he's like is there going to be a race tonight and she's like probably he's like pretty pretty pleased with me on top like dante is the most flamboyant villain i've ever seen man and i like it fits jason momoa so well like jason momoa could be a straight up one of the most manly badasses you've ever seen uh, you know, playing Aquaman or, or maybe the villain in Bullet to the Head, or he can just be this flashy, cocky, flamboyant type of villain where you almost kind of question his sexuality in the movie as far as how he carries himself and his appearance, but it doesn't matter whether he, you question his sexuality or not. This motherfucker is dangerous, man. That's why I said he's like the Joker in this movie. You know, wearing the lavender and the purple and pulling up in the lavender car, to, you know, there's a line he gives Dom where before they start racing he's like yes the carpet matches the drapes and he's talking about his nails and the car and i'm like this is the greatest villain that the fast and furious franchise has ever seen so he sees dom and he's just like 
you know, I'm sorry we didn't get a chance to meet in Rome. I was busy, but you, you're fantastico, fabuloso. He's like, I can't believe Dom, the great Dominic Toretto. And he's like, you know, did you like, you know, the the bomb, you know, that I put in, in Rome? He said it's kind of like an homage to, you know, the, the vault in Brazil. But he was like, you know, only thing is uh, the bomb was on fire. So it's a nice callback to Fast Five. So they have their little standoff moment where, um, you know, where, you know, they're face to face. And it's pretty reminiscent to... Uh, it's pretty reminiscent to when, um, you know, Dom and Hobbs meet and they have a face off where Dom's got his people on one side and Hobbs got his people on the other side. That is very reminiscent to that because they're both having this symmetrical standoff moment. And, Dom, you know, um, Dom's pretty unimpressed. You know, he knows who he is. And, you know, Dante is like, you know, do you remember my father? And he, you know, he says that, um, you know, he was he was the line he says was he said he was a horrible man and a very bad daddy. And then he tells him that, you know, he says, but I kind of liked him and you stole him from me and left us with nothing but suffering. And Dom is just Dom doesn't give a shit, man. This is one of the reasons why Dominic Toretto is one of the most g up fucking protagonists of action movie history, because he's right in the face of, of death, if you will. And he's just like, you know, that's what I came here for to end this suffering. And he's like, you know, I, oh, I didn't burn your dad's money. Uh, he was like, I didn't take your dad's money. I burned it, you know, straight to his face. And it reminded me of Fast Four, where Phoenix tells Dom to his face. He's like, do you remember Letty's face? Last time I saw it, it was burning. That's what yeah, he said, burning the same way like that. Go back and watch Fast Four if y'all don't believe me. That was Laz Alonzo doing like his his best, uh, you know, accent. Um, but he lets him know right to his face. And he's like, yeah, I remember your dad thought he had his foot on the neck of the city, man. And I took him down. So, you know. Dante's like fuck it like let's just start shooting each other and uh they they pull out their guns and the people you know Diogo double crosses uh Dante and he's like we stand with Dom and he's overacting his ass off when he does that moment where he's like we stand with Dom because he's got his gun pointed and he's shaking his head like look man I'm gonna win this fucking Oscar for Fast and Furious if it's the last thing I do like the the actor that plays Diogo he is doing so much in this role man but I like listen true to his character but, um, you know, they have a standoff and Dante's like, this is awkward. And he's like, listen, let's race. If you beat me, you take me in. If you lose. And then he stops and he's like, don't lose. And Dom's like, you know, let's race. And everybody goes crazy. Now, we know this ain't going to be your average race. The race sequence is great, man. It's filmed really well. It reminds me of the the, the older Fast and Furious movies, the way that it's shot, man. It's, re- it's filmed really well. And you get such a great shot where... The car goes from, or the camera goes from Diogo's car and zooms out, and then you see, no, it goes from, I think, Diogo, then you see Dom, then you see Dante, then you see Isabel. I love that shot, man, when it's going from window to window to window. So, you know, uh, Dante's talking shit, you know, pre-race, and he's just like, listen, you know, carpet matches the drapes, and he's like, you know, I've studied you. I'm your legacy, you know, this is what you, I I wouldn't be the man I was, I I wouldn't be the man I am today had you not gotten behind the wheel of that car type of thing, and he hints at, you know, he hints to Dom that, you know, these people are in danger, these people that you care about are in danger, this, you know, this ain't gonna be what you think it is, and Dom kind of knows, like, like, what's at stake, and he knows that somebody's gonna die, so when they start racing, like I said, it's a dope-ass race, Diogo, he hits his Nas button first, and then we see that uh, Dante in his car, he has alternate switches, not Nas switches, but he's got alternate switches. And we get a camera angle where we zoom underneath these characters cars. Dante has put these magnetic bombs underneath these motherfuckers cars again. So Diogo, you know, he's like, I'm winning this race, baby. Dante hits the switch. He's like, you're too eager. And he, you know, he tells he's talking to Dom, but Dom can't hear him. He's just like, OK, who are you going to save? Who are you going to save, Dom? And Dom has is fucked up. 
It really is. But Dom has to make an executive decision. And there's a reason why he chooses to save Isabel. Now, what he does, he, um, you know, he 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 chooses to he sideswipes Isabel and she's speaking in like Spanish. She's like, yo, what, what the fuck are you doing? And Jake, uh, not Jacob, but Dante, he's like, yo, OK, you made your decision. So he flips the switch. Diogo blows the fuck up. Crispy as shit. And I knew that was going to happen because you see it in the, you know, in the trailer and, you know, down goes Diogo up in smoke tour. And that that just passes by pretty quickly. And then Dante's like, you know, trick question. You can't save everybody. And then he goes to blow up um, Isabel's car. Dom sideswipes her into a parked car and it ends up chipping the bomb off the bottom of her car. So when her car goes airborne upside down, the bomb explodes. Now, she does bang out, but Dom saves her. Dante pulls off screaming, yelling in Joker fashion like he does. But that him chipping that bomb off the bottom of her car when he's when he's uh, you know, when he makes her crash out. It again, it reminded me of Fast Six where Brian, they got those chips on the you know, on the cars that the villains are shooting at him. And Brian kind of like hits the handbrake and turns the wheel. And he you know, he gets that that chip off the front of his car. That's what it reminded me of. But Dom ends up. um you know, he ends up saving, uh, he, he ends up saving Isabel, man. And like I said, there's a reason we'll get to in a quick second, as far as why he saved her and why he was in Brazil looking for her. And, you know, after that, it, again, we like Dante's transition into madness is fucking crazy and disturbing, man, because we get a moment where Dante, the two goons that he took specifically from Cypher for the tech shit, he kills them. He kills them and he's got their faces all taped up. They are dead, dead. I wasn't sure if they their faces were taped up to the point where they couldn't talk and he gave them like a sedative to the point where they couldn't move. Their face, they're fucked up. They are fucked up and dead. And, you know, he's out there, you know, painting their nails and, you know, he's got his hair in two buns. He's got like a fucking pink or lavender. I can't remember what it was. He's got a robe on. He's painting their nails. He's out having drinks and he's talking about the race. And he's like, yeah, I was like, bam. And she was like, what? And I was like, oh, like he's just really talking to them like they're alive. And there's a point where a fucking fly lands on one of the dead goons eyeballs. And his face looks insane, man. It is literally some Joker shit, man. I'm going to keep making that comparison because Dante is He's like, listen, you guys finish your drinks. I'm going to go wash my hair. And then just walks the fuck off after he's, listen, he's talking to dead people, man. I, it, it, it's insane. That's one of the more disturbing sequences in the entire Fast and Furious franchise. We don't get a lot of sequences that are disturbing, but Dante's not fucking around. And, you know, it lets, it lets you know, like, these aren't just people that are disposable that are going to get killed off screen. These are people that you're going to see murdered on, not either murdered on screen or their dead bodies to let you know they're dead, dead. But, um, you know, to go back on why Dom was, was looking for Isabel and why he saved her in the first place, we get a nice little plot twist here that people are either going to buy or they're not. Dom and Isabel are talking inside of her house. We find out that Isabel is Elena's sister. It's Elsa Pataki's character, Elena. It is her little sister. And you get this nice moment where Dom and Isabel are talking and, you know, because Isabel is very hard on herself. She's like, you know, I was I was the bad sister. She was the good sister. I feel like sometimes the wrong sister died. And he lets her know, like, you know, I knew you were her sister because you smile, you smile with your eyes and leave with your heart or something like that. And they have their family talk and they're talking about um, Elena's husband and how she had it out for Reyes, you know, ever since uh, Elena's husband got killed in the favela, which was mentioned in Fast Five. So it's a nice little, you know, eye watering moment between Dom and, um, you know, between Dom and, uh, and, and Isabel. So Isabel finds out that she might have some of, um, you know, some of, uh, uh, 
Elena's old files on the Reyes family. And that actually ends up happening. Uh, you know, we get to the files and we see that Dante's more fucked up than anybody imagined. He spent time in, you know, a mental institution and things like that. Like he's very, uh, he's very bitter and disturbed over the shit that's happened to him over the course of his life. Now we do get back to, uh, a part of the core group. Uh, we get to Tej, Roman, Ramsey, and Han, and they go to like this internet cafe black market thing where it's pretty dated. You know, the, the, the software is pretty dated, but they say, you know, you wouldn't look for a black market in a place like this. You know, people would just think it's a bunch of old dated bullshit. And when we go to the, you know, the black market internet cafe type of thing, it's ran by Pete Davison. Um, I, like, listen, if anybody was thrown off by that name, uh, so was I. Cause I was like Pete Davidson. Like I didn't know. I don't know who made that call, or you know who he fucked to get on set of the movie or whatever. But Pete Davidson was just weird to see in this movie, and he's just kind of like this sniveling black market dickhead. You know, like just who you would imagine Pete Davidson to play in a Fast and Furious movie. But I'm telling y'all. This black market sequence is, I, this is the hardest I laughed in the entire movie. Now, I laughed, I laughed, I laugh in every Fast and Furious movie, don't get me wrong, but when I say I laughed hard, because Ramsey knows, you know, Pete Davidson, and, uh, you know, Ramsey's always got the connection, so they go to him, and, you know, Ramsey's like, yeah, we need this, and we need that, we need cars and guns, and this, that, and the other, so, you know, Han's talking about these muffins, he's like, yeah, because Han doesn't have any snacks, you know, Han needs his snacks, it's classic Fast and Furious shit. So Han needs his snacks and he's just like, you know, how much of these muffins that he's like, oh, those are magic muffins. You know, you'll be watching Fantasia with your shirt off or whatever the hell he says. And Roman and Tej end up getting into a fight because, you know, while we find out that somebody's wiped their accounts clean, they don't have any money where they're at. So Roman has, you know, smuggled cash underneath his clothes in perfect Roman Pierce fashion because it goes back to uh, Too Fast Too Furious where he lifts his shirt up to Brian and he's like we ain't hungry no more bruh you know what I'm saying like he, he's got all these wads of money bands on bands on bands and he's telling everybody you know Roman thinks because he's got the money and everybody's accounts have been wiped clean he thinks he's still running shit so he's like telling everybody yo I need receipts on anything you buy anything you buy and him and Tez are bumping heads as they do but Roman and Tez end up getting into a fight in the, in the black markets, uh, you know, cafe, John and Roman and Tez is, is so Roman and Tez fashion because they're not fighting for real. They're just scuffling like two, you know, two goofy ass brothers. And it's long overdue. These two weren't going to be talking shit to each other since fast five and not tussle at some point. So they do tussle at some point, man. But Han is just standing next to Ramsey and she's like, should we stop this? Like, should we stop them from fighting and roll? You know, uh, Han's just eating the muffins and he's like, nah, let's let them bond. And while, while they're fighting, Han looks down at the muffins and they start getting all morphed out. Like his whole vision is fucked up from this shit. So as he's doing that, you know, he looks down and he's kind of like, well, you know, I don't, I'm not sure what's really going on with this, uh, <laughs> with these muffins while they're fighting. So it looks very, you know, I don't know how to explain it, man, but it looks so weird. And then Han looks down at the muffins again. His hands look all weird and the muffins look weird. It kind of looks like, you know, he, he understands that these are laced. You know, he's high as shit. But the way Han looks up, he looks up like, okay, I'm high as fuck, but I don't, I don't want anybody to know. And I'm telling y'all, that's probably some of the best acting that Sung Kane has done in the franchise, man, because he does not want anybody to know that he's high. And I'm telling y'all, it was the funniest fucking moment of the entire thing for me so we end up seeing that um 
you know, uh, Pete Davidson, he's, 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 you know, he's, he's giving people the drop on Ramsey and the crew because he's like, do you know how much you guys are worth? Do you know how much the bounty is? So she punches the shit out of him. Um, Roman throws like dust in his eye. Uh, Tej takes the money from him that they gave him for the, you know, for the guns and the weapons. So when they're leaving out, you know, they're like, okay, so what do we do now? We need guns and weapons. And Han's like, I know a place. It's the last place that I want to go. Now we get to, uh, you know, Letty at the black site and Letty's in this room that looks like it's from the thing video game from Xbox. I don't know if people, I don't know how far y'all got my gamers out there on the original Xbox, the game, the thing based on John Carpenter's, the thing, there was a game. Now, like I said, I don't know how far y'all got into that game, but there is a moment in the game where you end up in a laboratory somewhere. You're unarmed. You don't have any of your, you know, your weapon, anything. And, um, it looks like it's, it's a part of that. Like they got this laser thing that's sewing her up. Um, you know, where she got stabbed at and she looks over and Cypher's there and, you know, we get a long overdue, you know, Cypher's like hacking into shit. She gets the cuffs off of them and she gets Letty out of the bed and there's a gas that goes off that knocks all the employees out. So they've got a total of four minutes to get out of there or a total of four minutes until the vents open up and they can get out of there. So they end up having a fight, man. It's a long overdue fight. And Letty starts it. Cypher really doesn't want to fight. Cypher wants to stick to the plan that she has and get them the fuck out of there. Letty's not trying to hear that shit. And I understand, you know, Letty's like, well, how long we got? She's like, we got about four minutes. Letty's like, it's going to have to do. And then she just socks the shit out of Cypher. And they have a really great fight scene, man. But honestly, while I was cheering for it in the trailer reaction, I don't think Letty can handle Cypher, man. Cypher is built different. She grabs, like, Letty, like, leg locks her. Cypher picks her ass up and swings her into the fucking elevator door and makes that shit ding at some point. Like, and she's just like, listen, I'd stay down if I were you. And Letty's like, you're going to have to hit me a lot harder than that. You know, they, they're they busting, you know, throwing each other through glass. It's very Hobbs and Shaw, Fast and Furious 7 type of fight sequence as far as them throwing each other through shit and slamming each other down. The lasers go, you know, Cypher sets the lasers off at some point to get Letty off of her. You know, Letty puts her in a chokehold. And when the lasers go off, I was like, okay, that's kind of like a nod to, um, it's kind of like a nod to die another day when, you know, James Bond's fighting that henchman, you know, through the lasers and shit. But they get a fight sequence and it, it pans out pretty well, man. Like I said, that was long overdue. And, you know, then we get to Jacob and Brian. They they have, you know, they they've drove to a gas station. They've changed their clothes. Obviously, they got to be incognito. So they get some different clothes and they go to the airport. They've got to go to, I think, Portugal or something like that. And we get a moment of Jacob and Brian on the plane and, you know, Jacob's asking Brian, are you OK? And this, that and the other. He, he, he tries to calm him down. and He's like, you feel better? And Jacob's like, yes. Again, it's some of the best some of the best moments in the movie as far as when you take away the, the car stunts and when you aren't worried about that type of stuff. Some of the best moments are when you have, um, you know, Jacob and little Brian. Man, I love the dynamic between these two characters. And one of the things that happens on this plane when they're trying to get away we see a stewardess come bring uh, Jacob three airplane bottles of vodka. And the stewardess is played by none other than Paul Walker's daughter, Meadow Walker. And they linger on her for a little bit. And it's for a reason. Like, they don't just give her a cameo and she just pops, you know, she doesn't serve any purpose to the plot. They put Meadow Walker in there to uh, to, to push Jacob's and, and Brian's little story arc along and, and to push their escape along. And I love the fact that 
you know, we know it's Metal Walker, but little Brian is like, you know her, Uncle Jacob? And he's like, yeah, it's good to have friends in high places. Me personally, I feel like that was a nod to the fact that they still feel like Paul Walker is looking down on them and the franchise and the, you know, the cast and crew in general. I think that is one of the most underappreciated. It's going to be one of the most underappreciated lines of Fast 10. Uh, I don't know if that was intentional or not, but that's how I interpreted that line. I interpreted like, okay, that was a nice little nod to Paul Walker's character um or to paul walker in general while his daughter was in the cameo so jacob knows that something is up so he's like listen on count of three we're gonna go to the bathroom he doesn't even wait he says three right away they get up three motherfuckers follow behind them so they've been tailed by the agency jacob knocks these motherfuckers out stuffs them all in the bathroom meadow walker's character gave him those airplane bottles of vodka for a reason so she looks down at the little um the crawl space entrance and you know she smiles because she's like okay they got away so they go down Jacob where Jacob's luggage is at and they go down and Jacob's like yo we got to get out of here so he loads up you know he unveils what we think might be a canoe and it's a fucking plane it's like a miniature plane that they both could fit in he attaches the wings and he sets up the 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 mileage and all of that shit he puts this thing together and it's fueled off of alcohol and he dumps the alcohol in there and you know ejecto cito cousin they're flying in this little mini plane to get out of the big ass plane that they're in it was a nice little moment man bet- between those two and i, I listen the plane sequence i wish we would we would have had like a little a little dialogue um you know while they're flying in that plane to get out of you know to get away from everybody uh, but it, but it was just enough and there's a moment where jacob just or uh, brian just looks back at jacob and Jacob just nods his head and smiles like, yeah, that's right. Like, I'm the shit. Your uncle's the shit. Like, I know how to get us out of any, any situation. So speaking of getting out of any situation, um, Han, Han and everybody else, they go to this door. And, you know, the, the, you know, Roman and Taz are like, listen, we got your back. You don't have to go in there alone. And, you know, Han's like, yeah, I do. I got to do this alone. So he knocks on the door. And, before, you know, when he knocks on the door, Shaw, Deckard Shaw. Jason Statham opens the door. Boom. We get the tie-in from the, the post-credit ending or the mid-credit ending for Fast 9. Now, it's a little weird because Han's hair was short at the end of that sequence in Fast 9 and Han's hair is long in Fast 10, but they try to bridge that gap. So we get that sequence from Fast 9. So Han shows up at the door. Jason Statham answers and he just stares at him and Han's like, I have something to talk to you about. And Jason Statham's like, the only reason a dead man shows up at my door revenge and then hans reach he, han reaches in his coat and as soon as he reaches in his coat shaw grabs him and pulls him in and flips him onto the fucking floor he closes the door locks it ramsey tej and, and roman are out there banging on the door trying to get it open ramsey's hacking the door open shaw's slowly taking the gloves off like yo you should have stayed dead and han pulls out snacks like he was just getting his snacks and he's like you know you ruin my snacks and you know shaw starts swinging on him and han's like in defense mode doesn't hit him and he pushes him off he's like relax i don't want to fight you and then you know shaw's like well this is going to end quickly kicks the motherfucker into the punching bag that you know the guy is fucking stuffed in the guy from mission impossible ghost protocol and you know the agency raids shaw's place and you know shaw's like did you send these guys to kill me and han's like they're trying to kill me too so ramsey roman and tej are outside fucking up the agents and then obviously we got to get a shaw and han fighting back to back type of moment which is a really good fucking moment man it's a great moment they get to whoop ass han gets to whoop ass and it's good to see han not get his ass whooped he's fucking him up with the crowbar or whatever he's got man I i love that sequence man because it's weird to see han and shaw fight back to back um it's very weird man now you know they fuck all these dudes up they fuck them all up one of the things that pisses me off about this sequence there's no follow-up as to what happened 
You know, did Shaw think he killed Han? Han knew, you know, Shaw was coming for him and Mr. Nobody saved him and it was a hologram. We get no clearance, uh, no assurance on anything. You know, as far as Han and Shaw go, they don't tie that shit in at all. I'm thinking Han knew Shaw was coming. He didn't know Shaw was coming for him, but I'm thinking Shaw was a part of something. And the line that Shaw says in, you know, in uh, in Hobbs and in the Hobbs and Shaw movie where he tells Hattie, you know, his sister, he's like, there's things I've done and I've got to make amends for. I don't know if he felt bad for killing Han or if he felt bad in being a part of like, I don't know. They just don't explain it. And it doesn't make any fucking sense to me, man. And it's one of the things that I didn't like about the movie. Uh, is that they just up and fucking forgot about the fact that we need to tie this in. We need an explanation as to what's going on with Han and Shaw. But it's a good moment, man. And then, excuse me, um, you know, Shaw takes them into his into his secret room with shit ton of weapons, man. And um, oh my god, it's 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 a it's a shit ton of weapons in there and cars, and he's like, none of this is gonna come for free. And you know, uh what happened? what happened? I'm trying to remember. I just had a brain fart moment, people. You know, Ramsey lets, long story short, Ramsey lets uh, Shaw know, you know, we've all been targeted. We're all in danger. You need to come see this. And we see that Queenie Shaw, you know, Shaw's mother is in danger. So he he's like, listen, I don't give a fuck. He starts locking and loading. He gets in his car and he's like, I'll have transport ready for you. You know, he just leaves, but he has transport ready for everybody. And, um, you know, we, after that, we get a moment. We are closing out, people. I know we're an hour into this. Y'all knew what it was, man. But if y'all are still sticking around for this, I definitely appreciate y'all. Um, a lot of coffee is fueling this review right now. But, um, you know, we get a moment where Dom goes back to the vault from Fast Five and Dante has turned it into his uh, his lair, his secret volcano lair. We had we see, um, you know, he's been keeping tabs on everybody, man. He's got like all these screens put up. It's, it almost looks like the fucking screen, a junior version of the screen Batman had set up in... Uh, you know, in Dark Knight, where Lucius Fox saw that shit, he's just like, I can't be a part of this anymore. But, you know, Dom talking to Dante on the phone, and he's like, you talk too much, and, you know, stop talking and face me. And he's just letting Dom know, like, yo, do you like surprises? I, I adore surprises. And he's like, I'm gonna break your family piece by piece, and this, that, and the other. So he hangs up on him. And the surprise is, you know, um, Ames comes in and captures Dom, but Dom willingly goes. So if Dom willingly goes, then that can mean a couple things but it means that dom wants to get caught so he can get to dante and fuck his shit up now what happens is they get back on the highway you know it's a convoy of cars that are that are transporting dom to wherever they're going dom has i don't even think he has any handcuffs on or anything i'm not sure but he's in the back of the car and ames is talking to him he's like you know the days where one man behind a wheel can make a difference in the world are over and you know ames is just talking his agent shit like dom you should have spent less time under the hood and more time doing this and that and, you know, Dom ain't trying to hear it. Dom is putting his seatbelt on and he's like, you might want to buckle up while Ames and his two guards, they're, they're just laughing, talking shit. And the fact that Dom is putting his seatbelt on, he's not listening to what, they're fu- what the fuck they're saying. But he does say, he's like, you know, that's the problem. Nobody listens nowadays. And he puts his seatbelt on and he says, you might want to buckle up. I'm, I'm preparing for what's coming. And you see a rocket. This shit reminded me of like True Lies or something like that. It's, you see a rocket soaring towards the bridge hits the fucking convoy they flip over but i like that when the car you know the truck that's transporting dom is flipping over he puts both his feet and aims his chest to kind of brace him um so there's a big shootout on the same highway 
where, um, you know, Hernan Reyes died in Fast Five. So it's a big, big, big shootout. Dante's people, the agency. So there's a moment where Ames tosses Dom a gun and he's like, Dom, I'm listening now. So boom, we get Ames, you know, and Dom working together in, you know, Dom and Hobbs type of fashion. This is another reason I said he's a Hobbs like character. So there's a shootout. There's a little bit of a scuffle here and there. And um, Dante pulls up and he opens up the trunk. Isabel's in his fucking trunk so he's got her like all wrapped up with a knife to her and he's like listen put the gun down or I'm a sh- I'll, I'll start cutting her everywhere Tess pops up Tess pops up pops a couple goons and jumps on top of Dante's car to save the day and I love the moment where he he lets Isabel go he licks her fucking face you know it reminded me when that bleh, when that dude licks Sarah Connor's face in Terminator 2 and gets his shit all busted up after rightfully so he licks Isabel's face and lets her go so she runs over to Dom and I love the moment where Dante looks at Tess while she's standing on top of his car. He's like, could you get out of my car, please? And she, like, scrubs her foot. She scrubs her foot. She's got, like, these spiked chucks on her, whatever type of sneakers she has. Uh, she's, she scrubs her foot and kind of, like, raises her eyebrow to him. And she's like, how you like that? Like, she doesn't say it. But I, listen, I like Brie Larson a lot in this movie. But what happens is, um, you know... Isabel goes a little over to safety, away from Dom. Dom rushes towards... Um, you know, Dante, and I'm thinking we're going to get a big fight sequence between these two behemoths, man, because Jason Momoa is a big guy. Vin Diesel's a big guy. I'm like, this is going to be a grudge match for the ages. But again, it's a Joker type of moment because Dom is fucking Jacob shit up. And Jacob's Jacob, uh, Dante, Dom is fucking Dante up and Dante is laughing right in his face. Dom throws him headfirst into the fucking car. He pulls a tooth out and throws it at Dom and calls him a butthole. And I'm just like, this is i'm telling y'all man jason momoa is a villain for the ages like it's very dangerous when you love a villain this much and you know he starts doing his little ballet and as he's doing his ballet helicopter starts popping people off on you know they shoot aims Tess gets shot and um you know dom has to you know save isabel he this is when he's got the you know the car door up using it as a shield save isabel so dante goes over to um Tess and you know he sticks his finger in her fucking uh, bullet wound and he takes God's eye so not only does he have cypher shit where he can you know remote control cars and shit he's got God's eye where he can find anybody so he's like yo I'm coming for your son now Dom uh, Dante gets in the helicopter my god man and um you know he 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 gets away man and the, you know he's he's dangerous man he's got all the tech he needs and um he he's gonna he's gonna go after little brian man it's pretty pretty scary stuff knowing little brian's in danger like this but you know and you know speaking of people being in danger we get um when shaw said that there was going to be transport he, he he set up a plane to pick up you know han ramsey Tej and Roman and we get a little moment with Roman and Tej a brotherhood moment and it's good that they pull back on the uh on the comedic you know hijinks with the two and just them talking shit towards each other because Roman's a little discouraged and sad and you know Tej is like yo you all right and Roman's like yo it was my mission man like my mission was in Rome I put us all in danger you know I'm not I'm not a leader like I've always talked about being a leader but maybe I'm not cut out for it and Tej assures him he's like look man you know you know who could pull off something like that back there? Roman Pierce could pull it off, a leader. And they dap each other up and they hug and he's like, yo, I love you, bro. And he's like, I love you too, bro. It's a, It was a great moment to have, man. Um, But it kind of lets you know everything may or may not be all right uh, in moments like that. So we get a moment with Han and Ramsey where Ramsey's like, listen, this was something I created, you know, the God's eye shit. And now it's being used to hurt people. Like, we got to stop this guy. And, um, you know, we, we, we get that moment. And then after that, we get the moment... Um, 
we get a really great sequence, man. Another great sequence with Jacob and Brian with the cannon car. I believe that that was a fast four nod, fast and furious four nod, where, you know, Brian and Dom were getting chased in the desert by a swarm of cars, like a scramble of cars. Um, and, you know, Jacob and Brian, they get in the cannon car and it's basically, it shoots rockets. And yeah, yeah, little Brian is, he, he's on the wanted list now because that motherfucker's catching bodies. Little Brian is pulling the lever to shoot the rockets and hit these cars. And I love when he pulls the lever for the first time and it blows up those cars and they just drive underneath. Listen, this is vigilante eight shit. This is the shit that I've been wanting since, um, you know, pretty much since the fate of the furious where all the cars are souped up and have their own specials. They have their own weapons. I love it. This is the vehicular warfare shit that I've been wanting. And when you know when brian pulls the lever and they blow up the first set of cars you know little brian's like holy shit he almost says shit but you know he looks at uncle jacob because he doesn't want to curse in front of him again he already did that on the plane and you know jacob's like oh no you're good you're good he's like you know you can say shit you know you can curse with uh stub toes song lyrics and cannon cars and then they they high five like i i adore the moments with jacob and brian toretto i absolutely love it and um you know, it's a great sequence. Uh, like I said, it's vigilante eight shit. Dom links back up with the, um, you know, with the family during the chase sequence because, you know, Ames has Dom's car and he's like, you know, we can't land anywhere to get your son. And he's like, who said anything about landing? Like I said, Dom's no stranger to driving cars out of plane. So he drops his car out of a plane, catches up with Jacob and, um, you know, Jacob and uh, little B. And I love the moment where they're all together again. They're in their cars, but Dom pulls up to, you know, to, to Jacob and little Brian and he's like, dad. And, you know, he's like, good to see you, bro. And Dom's like, good to see you guys follow me. And we'll, you know, we'll get out of here alive type of thing. So what happens is they're following behind Dom. And when Jacob and Brian get in the tunnel, the cannons are jammed. You know, they can't fuck up the, you know, they can't shoot the rockets out anymore. So when Jacob realizes it's jammed, the camera kind of pans over and then pans back to the passenger seat. The shit's empty. Little B jumps in the back of the fucking cannon car and starts to, un, you know, uh, you know, uh, unjam the shit in true Toretto fashion. Yes, he's a kid. Yes, I was like, I had a moment like the parent in me was like, what the fuck? fuck is this little kid doing man does he know he can fucking if, if jacob was to hit a speed bump this little bastard's going airborne at some point but jacob um you know he all he says to him he's like little b what are you doing he's like be careful back there so little b is hitting the the, the cannons and he unjams it but lo and behold man you know dante isn't far behind and he sees little brian in the back of the cannon car and he's like shut the front door and speeds up and you know Little Brian, un, you know, he unjams the cannons and he does it. They play like this happy music, like, you know, the we made it music. And he's like, Uncle Jacob, I fixed it. Uncle Jacob smiles. You know, it's a proud uncle moment. Dante pulls right up and snatches, you know, he snatches this motherfucker up like it's nothing. Snatches him right into his car, tells uh, Jacob toodaloo. And he rams Dom. You know, Jacob's like, Dom, I lost Brian. And he rams Dom off the road, you know, off the road that they're on. So Dom is now driving onto the oncoming traffic. So what Jacob does... This is this was crazy, man. You know, Adante snatches him up. He's talking shit in the car. He's like, you want to party? We're about to party. And he hits the Nas tank. Uh, like I said, he rams Dom into the oncoming traffic. Jacob's still very much behind him. But what happens is this this fucked me up a little bit, man. And I called it. I, I knew this was kind of going to happen. I, I saw this coming a little bit. Jacob sacrifices himself, man. He sacrifices himself to save Dom and, and, you know, ultimately, even though he, you know, little Brian's in the car with Dante, he wants to save his family. So, you know, Dom is just like, yo, we can do this. Jacob, stay with me. And Jacob knows what he knows what's going on. So 
excuse me, Jacob gets the cannons ready. And we know what's about to happen because they start playing this music. Jacob's like, you raised a hell of a son, Dom. You know, um, it's time for me to step out your shadow. Thanks for showing me the light. And I'm like, oh, my fucking goodness. Jacob turns the cannons downward. And, you know, Dom is just like, Jacob, don't do this. So Jacob, you know, he's driving, um, you know, on the same stretch of road that he's been on. Mind you, Dom is facing the oncoming traffic. So, you know, Dante's like, I got a surprise for you. And there's a bunch of goons coming uh, Dom's way with the turrets and all that shit. So Jacob points the cannons on the car downward, fires the cannons off. So they shoot his car into the air onto the oncoming traffic and they do that shit in slow motion and when jacob's car is upside down about to fly into this barrage of cars that's coming towards dom he he grabs his cross he grabs his chain and lets lets go of the wheel and closes his eyes jacob his car flies into the cars going towards dom and explodes all the fucking cars blow up jacob sacrifices himself to save dom man it was Ooh, it was it was a little emotional for me, man, because he went out in a blaze of glory like his dad did, you know, in the car and everything. It was so it was kind of crazy to watch, man, because the movie where I really get attached to John Cena, you know, a character who I didn't think I like an actor who I didn't think I'd grow to like at all in anything. You know, they kill his character off. And I believe that this I believe that Jacob Toretto is dead. You know, the way that they do it. They don't do it in a way where, I look, I don't think you can retcon that. With Han shit, maybe, and that was a little bit of bullshit. But Jacob, I think Jacob is really dead, man. The way that they show that explosion, I don't know, unless somebody gave him the ejecto cedo cuz and harpooned his fucking leg and pulled his ass out of there in the nick of time. I don't know, but Jacob Toretto is gone, people, and it's a really sad moment. And it kind of just passes really quickly because Dom keeps driving to go after Brian and Dante cracks a joke he's like I guess Uncle Muscle isn't coming to the next barbecue and then he's like he sees Jacob or he sees how sad little Brian is and he's like well yeah that was fucked up for me to say he doesn't say exactly that verbatim but um you know now what happens is these helicopters pop up and if you've seen the trailers you know what's going to happen and they harpoon Dom's car and you know Dante gets nervous because Dom is like you know he's he's not going down without a fight man he's harpooned by two fucking helicopters and Jacob's looking at the helicopter he's like we got it we got it like don't worry and Dom you know he hits the NAS drives off to the next level of the interstate pulls those fucking helicopters down and they explode like because the you know they slam into each other but I love the sound the propellers make when they run into each other so they blow up and you know Dante is impressed by that so what Dom does he's still got them harpooned to his car he's swinging he's spinning his car around you know to to knock the other cars out of his way these fucking two smashed up helicopters are on fire and what he does is I feel like that's a nice nod to Fast 6 as far as when the Mustang was an anchor, you know, when, um, when Roman's Mustang was an anchor on, um, you know, Shaw's tank, I think that the, you know, Dom playing, you know, wrecking ball, you know, swinging wrecking ball with those two smashed up helicopters. I feel like that was a fast six knot. So what happens is Dom is on the walkie talkie talking to little Brian and he's like, Brian, you know, find, find the line, you know, have faith or whatever he says to him. He tells him the same thing. He, you know, same advice he gave him in the beginning of the movie about driving. So little B, um, he opens, you know, while Dom is spinning the car out of control, he, um, he does like a, a, a fast seven nod to the lateral sequence. If anybody doesn't know what I'm talking about, there was a nod to when, um, you know, uh, uh, 
Brian's driving with Ramsey in a car and they got to play hot potato. So him and Roman do like this lateral move where they spin their cars out at the same time with the doors open or the windows open and Ramsey jumps from car to car. So Dom kind of, it's a kind of mirror to that moment because Dom spins his car around and little Brian opens up Dante's door and jumps the fuck out and Dom catches him in midair. I love that fucking sequence, man. I love that sequence. And yeah, is it plausible? Probably not. You know, probably not, but, you know, 10 movies in, if y'all still looking for physics and logic, y'all in the wrong fucking spot, man. But, um, you know, he gets Dom, um, Dom gets his son, and, um, now, what happens is, what happens is, you know, Dom is like, I'm proud of you, son, so they end up on the bridge where the dam is at, so there's two big-ass Optimus Prime type of trucks coming towards them, and we see Jacob, even though he spun out, he's still, or not Jacob, god damn, uh, Dante, even though he spun out, he's still there, and he's on the walkie-talkie, he's got the shit that Cypher gave him to self-drive the cars, and he's like, um, did you hit me with a helicopter back there? He's like, ow, but he's like, look, man, I, you're gonna die knowing you couldn't save your son, like, now it's time for me to kill you, so he's got both of these big-ass trucks going towards Dom, um, you know, on on both sides, Dom puts his seatbelt on, uh, little Brian puts his seatbelt on, and Brian's like, dad, I have faith, Dom kind of smiles at his son because literally he is his father's son so dom backs up you know he backs all the way up into the you know into the the bridge part of the dam and he tells um you know he tells dante you, you made more mistake you you never took my car so he drives off the fucking um you know off the dam actually i'm fucking up people because there was a plot twist prior to that what happens before dom um I think what happens before he drives, is it before or after he drives off the cliff? I can't remember. Either way, you know, Roman and Tej and Ramsey and Han, they're they're about to be wheels down. You know, they're on the walkie-talkie like, yo, Dom, we got you, bro. And, you know, he's like, yo, Roman, it's a trap. Get out of there. So we see a rocket going towards the plane that Ramsey and, Ro and Roman and Han and Tej are on. That shit hits the wing of their plane. Their plane crashes. Their plane crashes. You see the explosion in the background. And who is the person that shoots their plane down? It's fucking Agent Ames. A double cross I did not see coming at all. And we see a backstory with Agent Ames and, um, you know, Dante. Ames was working with Hernan Reyes. And when the vault was stolen, what we didn't see was that Agent Ames walks up beside Dante while he's looking at the, you know, where the vault used to be, when he's looking out of that hole in the wall. And he's like, well, I'd say our, you know, our partnership is off to a great start, you know, being an asshole about it. So Agent Ames has been working. He's been leading Dom and the team exactly where he wants them. And that is a double cross I didn't see coming, man. I didn't see a double cross like that coming since Fast 6. Um, you know, I say that to say I didn't see uh, Gina Carano's character double crossing him in that movie. But um, it's crazy, man. So Dom, you know, he drives off the bridge. The two trucks crash into each other. They blow up. So there's a really great shot where Dom and Brian are outrunning the flames of the, you know, the explosion. It's slow motions. Um, you see the fire behind their car break the glass and you see the fire travel into the car and then the camera wraps around in this really cool 3D shot. You see little Brian like trying to shield himself from the, the destruction and then you see Dom. You know, they do like a close up on Dom's arm, his biceps, triceps and all that shit. And we see, you know, the camera go down from Dom's arm to his thumb when he hits the Nas button. And then we get that classic Fast and Furious shot where we see the fuel injection of the Nas button. 
and you know dom hits that button and they go flying off the dam and then they go into the water and then we see dom and little brian coming out the water i believe i, I think that's a nice fast five nod too where brian and dom are um you know they're in the water he's like shitty call o'connor shitty call but you know um I, I love that, um, you know, he he drove off and saved his son. One thing about Dominic Toretto, he's going to drive off a fucking cliff or a bridge with you in the car. You know, he did that shit in buildings in Dubai with Brian. He did that shit in, you know, when he drove off the bridge in Fast 9 with Letty. And he drove off the dam, you know, with his son. So I feel like the people that are closest to him, his brother, his his, his son, and his wife, he drove off some shit with them. So we get a moment where um, when they get out the water, you know, Dante's just fed up because he's like, this motherfucker could get out of anything. He's like, Yo, it's time for you to die. Suffering's over. So he takes the, the, the contraption that Cypher's got and he arms the bombs that are at the dam. So we're under the impression that, you know, Brian and, you know, Dom are going to drown. You know, this this dam is going to explode and they're going to drown. They don't have a car to drive away. And Dom just kind of looks at Brian and Brian looks at him like, you know, he's, he's got this look on his face like that. We're not going to make it out this shit. We are fucked because you just drove us into a dead end but it stops it goes it you know it, it cuts to black we don't have a a moment like that where dominic toretto doesn't really know what he's going to do at the end of the movie and when you think it's the end of the movie we see letty and cypher they get out of the black site they've got their snowsuits on and you know they they've climbed through the vents and they 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 pop up they see they're in Antarctica, wherever the fuck they're at. It looks like where John Carpenter's The Thing was filmed. I think that was in Antarctica where they were at. I don't know, but everything is snow and ice, you know, not nothing in sight. So, you know, Letty was talking her shit about how Cypher's plan sucks. And then up out of the fucking ice, people, listen to this, man. This is, you know, I love this series, man, but it's a lot. It's a lot that I need explained to me, man. Out of the fucking ice. Where Letty and Cypher are at, at this black site, comes a goddamn submarine. And it's like, oh, that's Cypher's submarine. It's remote controlled, right? You know, she's used to remote controlled submarines and remote controlled everything, right? That's Cypher shit. Um, nah. And we see the person that pops out of the fucking submarine with the binoculars to look over at, um, you know, Letty and Cypher. It's Giselle. It's Gal Gadot's character, Giselle. She is back unscathed, not a scratch, not a burn on her pretty ass mitt. She is back. The rumors have proven to be true. Giselle is back in the Fast and fucking Furious franchise. She is all smiles. Like I said, she is not scarred up. She must be a contortionist of the ages. Because she fell backwards off of the car onto a fucking runway. And that car was going like a thousand miles per hour. So the explanation they have for bringing Giselle back better be a damn good one. And I say that because the Han explanation was bullshit. I can buy the Letty one. But that Han explanation, that hologram shit was bullshit. Giselle, they better make it make sense. And they better not glaze over it. Because when I saw Giselle, I said... Like, okay, there were rumors of this. We speculated this, but yo, Giselle is back. This is super soap opera shit. They better make it make sense. That's the end of the movie. That's the end of the movie. People where Giselle smiles and gets back into the, you know, into the, you know, into the submarine. You know, she's just like, yo, like she's looking like, yo, let's go, y'all. Everything, you know, I ain't dead. Everything all good. And Cypher's like, still think my plan sucks. And Letty looks at her like, are you going to explain to me how this bitch survived? I don't know. But the movie goes off, you know, credits and all. But here we go. It's not over. It's Fast and Furious. Y'all know what it is. So we get a mid credit sequence. 
the mid credit sequence, somebody is storm. It's a SWAT team swarming into this mansion, full force, heavily armed, tactical gear, all that shit. So one SWAT member branches off and goes into this room where there's like, um, you know, there's a cell phone in there that's ringing. And there's, um, you know, I think there's like videos or pictures all over the place or something of that nature. So the SWAT member picks up the phone. It's Dante. And Dante's like, you know, do you remember me? You know, Dom may have gotten behind the wheel, but you're the one that pulled the trigger and killed my dad. So I'm coming for you. Now, if you haven't caught on to what he said, then listen, the SWAT member still holding the phone. Takes that mask off. It's fucking Hobbs. It's the, it's the Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson is in the fucking post-credit sequence. He peels that mask off his face and we see Hobbs and I'm like, yo, listen, it's, I, 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 I never would have thought. I, I wishful thinking, I was like, I hope Hobbs comes back, man. Like, I don't know if they got a not film seeds together. I don't know. They did that in Fate of the Furious, but we need Hobbs back. Now, there were rumors that he was coming back. There were rumors, man. I was going to do a whole episode about it. They said it was confirmed. I was like, whatever. I'll see it when I, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. But when he peeled that mask off and we saw Dwayne Johnson, we see Hobbs and he gives us the classic Hobbs word where, you know, uh, Dante's like, I'm coming for you, cop. And, you know, that's weird because Dom used to call uh, Hobbs cop, but he's like, well, I ain't hard to find you, some bitch. And some bitch, that's Hobbs word, man. He said he's been saying that ever since Fast Five. He's like, I ain't hard to find you, some bitch. Crushes the cell phone with his bare hands and the movie goes off. And I'm like, yo, OK, Giselle, it's like while it's while it's bullshit, you know, unless they explain otherwise, I like to see these characters come back. I'm attached to these characters, but Hobbs, the fact that we, the fans finally got their wish and people can say what they want. I know people are like, well, Black Adam failed, you know, his attempt to behemoth and take over another franchise has failed and he came crawling back to Fast and Furious, whatever, man, be that as it may, if that is the case, I don't give a fuck, man. I want Vin Diesel and, and Dwayne The Rock Johnson to get along. They are two of the biggest action stars in the world two of the best action characters in the world they have you know they're great to watch on screen together so to see Hobbs in a fucking post-credit scene mid-credit scene in Fast 10 people I'm I was floored man I was floored uh I'm listen that being said I'm gonna wrap this up we're an hour and 30 plus into this people nine and a half out of ten for me what keeps this from a ten is the fact that there are some bullshit plot twists and, um, you know, there's things that they don't explain, especially that Han and Shaw shit. They glazed over that and it was a bit of a frantic moment where we get Shaw back and then just as fast as we get him back, he's going. I don't know if Jason Statham was, um, you know, if he was pressed for time or anything like that, but um, there's just little things that weren't explained. Uh, and, and that's the only thing that keeps it away from a 10 for me. As far as everything else, um, it's the strongest nine and a half out of 10. I could, I could give something, uh, the writing is still very much a fast and furious movie, man. The jokes are there. Um, the way, like I said, the way that they tie fast, fast five into this is pretty clever. Um, the writing for Jason Momoa's character, Dante is fucking great, man. Uh, like that, that is one of the highlights of the movie for me, the directing shout out to Louis Leterrier. Um, he, he puts his little, listen, it's a seamless, transition this definitely feels like it fits with fast eight and nine uh more so part nine um but this this movie is it's almost like you know i made the comparison before it's almost like 
when Radio Silence stepped in to direct Scream 5, you you know, if, if you weren't savvy to the, their direction and Wes Craven's direction prior, you wouldn't know, you know, that Wes Craven didn't direct Scream 5 or 6 for that matter, because it fits so well into what was already established and how these movies were already playing out for the most part. Now, there are Fast and Furious movies that that later movies that don't look anything like the, you know, the others. Um, I don't think there's a movie in the series that looks like Furious 7 as far as how polished up it is and how the CG looks and just the camera tricks that James Wan does. But this is a seamless transition. Louis Leterrier's direction definitely fits well into this movie and he does put his little directorial stamp on here. I don't think I've ever seen a, a scene in the, in the series where, you know, when Dom and little B are uh, driving down the dam and the slow motion shot of the fire breaking the window and, you know, the way the camera wraps around him in 3D and then we see Dom's arm go into the you know, going to the NAS button, um, you know, he, he puts a little bit of his, uh, his own little flair on there, man. And I can appreciate that. The acting is what you can expect from uh, a Fast and Furious movie. I, I think the acting is a bit better than it was in the, in the last movie. I didn't hate the acting in Fast 9, but I think this acting was definitely a step up. And like I said, Jason Momoa was the biggest compliment I'm going to give this thing, man. Uh, he, he steals the fucking show. He is the best performance in this film, man, and, uh, you know, for me, he's the best performance in this film next to John Cena. John Cena is, I love John Cena in this movie, man. He's a combination kind of of, like, Peacemaker, Jacob Toretto, and his character from the movie Blockers, honestly. Like, um, John Cena's, he's, he's got a bright future in acting, man, as far as wrestlers uh, turning into actors go. I feel like you gotta give, if you talk about wrestlers that are actors, you gotta, first of all, tip your hat to Dwayne The Rock Johnson. You gotta tip your hat to John Cena and Dave Bautista, especially. These guys are really doing it, man, and I like that these guys are trying to showcase, you know, humor, serious acting, you know, if they do their muscle back acting where need be i love that shit man but those are the two standouts uh jason momoa and you know john cena in here for me and i i, I like the actor that plays um you know little brian leo abuelo perry man i think he did a really good job man i hope they bring him back for the next movie i feel like he's old enough to where they can cast keep casting him you know in the last movie because it's been years since fast nine it's a different actor as far as the kid and obviously fate of the furious it was a baby and i'm pretty sure they used twins in that movie i'm not sure but um, the stunts, I love the stunts in this movie, man. Uh, the Wrecking Ball sequence was fucking fantastic. I think the Wrecking Ball sequence and um, the highway chase sequence is, is, is great. The fight sequences are really dope in this movie. I love that the females get the whoop ass, man. We do see the fellas. Obviously, the fellas are going to do their thing, man. But um, I don't blame Michelle Rodriguez for wanting to get female writers on board and, you know, for her wanting to have female characters do more than just be eye candy and just be little plot devices here and there. I love that the, the females in the Fast and Furious franchise are are getting a whoop ass and, you know, be, you know, just be more than just, you know, shallow characters. And, you know, there's a lot of people that say Letty keeps getting sidelined in the movies, but it fit the, it fit the story. You know, it was Dante splitting the family up. So if it meant Dom's you know, his, you know, one of his pride and joy people, you know, his wife getting sent away, then cool. That serves the purpose of the story. Plus it was for her and Cypher to have their fight sequence and have their moment. And it set something up for Giselle's return. Um, the twists and the reveals, I think were really decent. Um, the, you know, the flashback sequences, how they tied it in. Like I said, it was a great tie in the fast five. Um, I did not see Alan Richardson's character turning on Dom. That was, that was something I did not see. Um, you know, uh, the, the twist and reveals the hype. This shit lived up to the hype, man. And then some, uh, this is probably as far as a ranking goes, this is, um, it's still for me. Fast six is still the best one. Uh, I don't know. Maybe I'll have a day where I just binge all of them if I have the time, but fast six is still reigning champ for me. I think furious seven is second. 
And Fast 10 is definitely third. This is definitely top three in the franchise, man. They did a fucking fantastic job with this movie. Um, and as far as the future of this series, I, you know, the studio said that they saw the, the uh, you know, the, the cut of, you know, Fast 10. And even though it was only supposed to be in two parts, they came to Vin Diesel and was like, well, could you do a third one? If they do this, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, it's overkill. Just stop it. No. They're all about making history. They're all about breaking records. They're all about doing shit that we haven't seen done before. I don't know if I've seen a, a, a franchise end in three parts. We've seen it in two parts. You know, Mission Impossible is about to do that. Um, Harry Potter's done it. Twilight's done it. We've seen this shit done in two parts. Uh, the Avengers has done it. Um, but I love that this is the Avengers. And I said this shit was going to happen, people. I said this was going to be the Avengers Infinity War of the Fast and Furious franchise where they get their asses kicked. And they end on some, well, what do we do now type of thing. And it ends on a cliffhanger. I said this was going to happen, man. Y'all can go back to the episodes and listen to it. Excuse me. I almost choked on my spit just now, man. This is what the franchise does. It almost brings me to the brink of death. God damn it. But um, nine and a half out of ten, man. I can't praise this movie enough. I've already taken up enough of y'all time. But um, yeah, man, it was great. I, I hope this is in three parts. I hope it's in three parts. And I need everybody back, including Brian O'Connor's character. Uh, they got to tread lightly with that. Maybe not as much screen time as we would like for the character. But Vin Diesel definitely confirmed that, you know, we will get a chance to say goodbye to Brian O'Connor. And it. That's going to be emotional, man. Um, if they make it any more emotional than it was in Furious 7, then we're in for some shit, man. We got to bring our, you know, boxes of tissues to the theater. But uh, like I said, I'm expecting vehicular warfare. I'm expecting Avengers Assemble. Let's clash. Clash of the motherfucking Titans. The villains, the heroes, and everybody that's in the neutral corners. Let's get everybody. Vehicular warfare, vigilante 8, twisted metal type of shit. All our cars got specials and harpoons and rockets and grapples. All of, everything. I need all of that for the finale. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen next, man. But I am going to do... Um, probably an episode or two uh i know one episode for sure where i'm theorizing and you know where i'm talking about now that i've seen fast 10 where i talk about what i what i want to happen in the next two movies hopefully we get the two man but like i said shout out to louis leterrier and vin diesel and neil moritz for sticking with this franchise forever and shout out to justin lynn for still being a part of it after you know stepping down out of the director's chair and shout out to michelle rodriguez every everybody god damn it everybody did the damn thing in this movie man um yeah man that's that's about it we're an hour and 40 into this people y'all already know where to go man and if y'all don't y'all can follow the podcast on spotify itunes google podcast apple podcast overcast pocket cast breaker radio public Podbean, and podcast addict shout out to spotify for podcasters follow me on facebook instagram and tiktok romero tutor shout out to the facebook movie group the cinemaniacs and last but certainly not least. Shout out to the Tudor reviewers, the listeners, the lovers, the supporters out there, man. Listen, if this was if this episode was this long winded, and y'all stuck with it, like I said, man, y'all are the y'all are the shit, man. There's there's more coming. There's more coming. Uh, my goal for this week and next is to um you know get get a certain schedule together because like I said, I'm still working on the request, the commentary request, but I'm I have to work on my own personal watch list and you know I gotta get the scream. I got the Creed 3 commentary out finally. Y'all can check that out if y'all want. But I still got Scream 6 and Evil Dead Rise and Super Mario Brothers. I still gotta do Wakanda forever for God's sakes man. There's a lot that I have to do on my personal list but you know I I still am in the process of trying to get you guys' requests out there, man. It's a lot. Like I said, I, I tend to get more than I bargained for. So when I do, I can't stray away from it. I can't bitch up. I got to, you know, 
grab the grab the horns and you know accept this shit head on man because this is you know this is the thing that that i work hard for man i, I love the feedback y'all give me i love the fact that people are, are sending in requests now i just got to get some type of order some type of schedule together y'all i promise y'all i'm gonna do it man because y'all know the love and support that y'all show me i'll show it back to y'all tenfold and then some so with that being said people yours truly romero tutor another episode of tutor reviews in the can i'll check y'all on the next one